0: Welcome to the Humble Hoof Podcast. My name is Alicia Harlov. This is a podcast for both horse owners and hoof care professionals, offering discussions into various philosophies on the health of the hoof and soundness of your horse. Please check us out on Facebook or at thehumblehoof.com. Okay, so you might have missed the early bird registration for the Progressive Hoof Care Practitioners Conference this year in Denver, Colorado in October, but you haven't missed the chance to sign up. I'm going. I'm super excited to see all the amazing presenters talk about everything from asymmetry in the hoof to radiograph analysis and data, how to keep your body healthy when you're working on horses, teeth in the hoof connection, and so many more things that are just so pertinent in our careers as hoof care providers and even for horse owners. You can check out more about the conference and sign up at progressivehoofcare.org conference. Some of you listening to the podcast might wonder what it's like to be a hoof care provider. Maybe you've even thought about doing it yourself. A lot of us got into this because of a lame horse and a passion to make them comfortable. And I think I can speak for a lot of us when I say that I had a lot of high expectations for what the job was going to be like. Now, of course, I absolutely love my job but it's really not a lot like what I thought it would be when I got into hoof care. For this episode, I talked to three other hoof care providers around the United States and Canada, Lisa, Dennis, and Nicole, about things they never realized about being a hoof care provider. This is a really casual and candid conversation, and for hoof care professionals, I have a feeling that a lot of you might nod along in agreement, and for owners, you'll get to hear a bit of behind the scenes of what it's like to do what we do day in and day out. So why don't we go around and you guys can just introduce yourselves and I'll just, I'm going to go in the direction that is showing up on my screen. So why don't we just start with Lisa and you can say your name and the area that you work in.
1: Sure. My name is Lisa Mittler and I'm just outside of San Antonio, Texas, but I'm kind of all over South and Central Texas working. So.
0: Awesome.
1: And uh, how about Nicole? Nicole.
2: Hi, um, I'm Nicole Jory, and I work up in, uh, well, I'm based out of Cowichan Valley uh, on Vancouver Island in British
0: Columbia, Canada. Awesome. And then Dennis.
3: Uh, Yes, hi, my name is Dennis Antonenko, and uh, I'm a farrier trimmer in southern New Jersey. I service the southern area, um, most of the central area, and then uh, uh, southern Pennsylvania, all that area.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm on the East Coast as well. Obviously, I think we all have different, you know, years of experience and different time in the job. And I don't know about you guys, but I came from another career. So the idea Mm -hmm. of hoof care and starting hoof care, you know, I had all these, you know, ideals, and it was like very romanticized in my brain that I was going to like go out and work (laughs) on all these horses. And all these horses are going to be like sound and do amazing. And my whole life is going to be like, all happy stories. And obviously, you know, that's da, not da, da. not exactly the case. So um, I get, I mean, I think we all do. I, I get a lot of questions about like, oh, you know, where can I go to learn about how to become a farrier or a trimmer or anything like that? And so I thought it would be interesting to have an episode about what are some things that you wish you knew before you got into this job, not to deter anyone from it, but just to like <laughs> be like, yeah. not surprised or not as surprised as I was about some things. Um, the
3: ugly truth, right?
0: <laughs> right. So I guess we could start with, you know, what were some expectations you guys had when you started and mm. whoever can start, you know, just feel free to, to chime in.
1: Well, I'll I'll just jump in really quickly just because you said you came from another career and I know we both came from teaching. We were both teachers. And so I was a high school art teacher and you were an elementary music teacher. And so that lifestyle, as we know, is very different from what we do now. And I was giggling this morning when I was thinking about, you know, what were my expectations when I started? All I knew is that I needed to trim 125 horses a month at my current rate, my new, you know, my new, my, my new trimmer rate of $40 a month to make what I made as a teacher. (laughs) So that was my goal. I was like, oh man, I just need 125 horses and now a month. And now looking back, it's like, oh my God, if I could just trim only 125 horses a month, that would be amazing. But you know, your schedule, as you know, just, which is a great thing for us, but it just blossoms really quickly. And, and it seems like we're, we're never hurting for, you know, new clients, more horses to work on. And, and, you know, thankfully that's a, I think something that most farriers and trimmers, you know, go through is that they have too many clients or too many people calling, you know, um, rather than not enough. So it's a blessing and I'm so glad I left teaching, but yeah, that, 125 horses a month. That's all I need.
0: Yeah. And I I remember, yeah, I remember having the exact same, like a similar thought and thinking like I would go anywhere, take on anyone. Like you had, you know, I would just do whatever, just give me whatever horse. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. Give me the rank ones. Her name's Hellbitch. All right, I'll take her on. You, know? <laughs> right. like, you don't care. You just like jump in ready to go. You have to eat. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, stuff. yeah <laughs> I would definitely say that the, the boundaries thing was like a huge one that I was not aware of that would be something that you really have to like because I actually I was I've been trimming for about 18 years ish and I took a bit of a break because I got totally burnt out and I was I was, you know, doing everything, trimming all the horses and, and dealing with schedules that you weren't weren't ideal and clients who would, you know, weren't ideal and horses that weren't ideal. And then you get totally burnt out. And I, it's not something that I ever thought of getting into this, that, that you had to have like such, you know, boundaries for yourself to stay mentally and physically healthy in the job. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> I, I
1: absolutely I that's such a great point going back to teaching like I don't even think yeah. I understood the word boundaries when I was no. a teacher you know what I mean it's like you never hear it and now it's like a word that goes through my mind every day of my life yes. like, yeah. yeah it's amazing how fast well, you were to set them
2: <laughs> yeah and like you were saying about like only trimming 125 horses I actually only trim 100 horses and I'm nice. trying to cut, I'm trying to cut down Wow! <laughs> if I do more than that, um, I mean, a part of it is how much driving I'm doing and you actually do way more driving than I do, but I like the free time <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I like, like my body not hurting all the time. So I'm, I kind of, I actually set 80 is my boundary now and nice. I'm at a hundred right now. So I'm like, Oh, got to cut back. And it's, <laughs> it's tough because I guess another thing is, you we were talking about this earlier is if you don't have. I mean, you guys probably have a lot more trimmers around than I do. But there's not really anybody in my area that specializes in barefoot that much, so if I thought
1: I want to cut back. I don't have anybody to refer to. Yeah. Uh, Definitely a problem, yeah, for sure. And and there's a a couple of good ones in my area, but we're all so booked, you know, that it's Mm -hmm. like I don't have anybody to refer to. It seems like because we're just all overflowing. Yeah. Well, and then you feel guilty. You feel guilty. (laughs) That's what I'm gonna say. Then the empath comes in and is like, "Wait
2: a minute, you're the only one that can help these horses get out there." You know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, Yeah. on the heartstrings. And honestly, like the one of the great things about our job, I think you know we're talking about what we didn't know before we started is that. We can make it whatever we want. So if you want to have as many horses mm. as you want, you can probably yeah. do that. And if you want to have as Absolutely. you know, if you want to have more free time, you want to have X amount of days off, right. like you make your own schedule. Um, that's Absolutely. definitely something you can do. Like Yeah. I have to remind myself of that sometimes. <laughs> yeah.
3: And then <laughs> so the working hard. conditions, right? The working conditions that that are, are <laughs> there, you know. <laughs> I expected personally I expected this job to be much easier. <laughs> <than> it is, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know. Although I have to admit that it, it is worth it because you know sometimes it doesn't feel like a job because you know I love it so much. But still, there's a lot of hardships. You know, for example, I just can imagine how uh, under what conditions the trimmers and farriers are are doing their job. That you know, in the blazing sun, in the rain, yeah. in the snow, in yeah. the hail, mud, with flies swarming around you. You know, horse <laughs> flies, mad biting you. <laughs> no, it's, it's not always rainbows and phonies all the time. <laughs> so,
2: but you yeah, gotta love it. A good point. Yeah, very good. And point. That's mm-hmm. part of the boundaries thing too. Like, I mean, when I first started, I didn't have any sort of you know guidelines of like what I would ex- expect of my clients or the conditions or any of those kinds of things. And um over time, you start to learn what is acceptable and what isn't, yeah. and what you can handle and what what uh the horses can handle because, I mean, you don't want a horse standing in the middle of the mud or, or out in the sun either when you're working on it and the flies swarming around. So when I first got a new client and I immediately will ask, you know, do they have shade? Do they have shelter? Do they have, you know, a dry place to work? Because we were in an area that rains like, I don't know, 80 percent of the time. <laughs> so um, we have to make sure that, you know, you're going to be comfortable working and you're not going to be out all day in miserable weather because you're, you're not going to be able to keep that up.
1: Absolutely, hundred
2: percent.
3: That's the thing that I uh, I posted on my website is that uh, I have these uh, what I expect from owners and what owners can expect from me. That's, yeah, that's I think great. that's a good good thing to consider for beginners because what you can expect from owners, you know, being in the shade or being under a shelter, not to stand in the mud. <laughs> Not to put down the foot, and then when you come to pick it up, you have to clean it again, like, and and then, you know, list things that they can expect from you, you know, to arrive on time, to be, you know, informative, send links uh, with information, all that stuff, so, yeah.
1: Definitely, yeah. We're dealing with the heat down here in Texas. I know everybody is, but we're... Mm -hmm. I think it's now 52 days in the last two months since June or since, yeah, June 1st, I think we've been at a hundred or over and it's, you know, we're always hot down here, but it's a whole new level of hot down here. And it, it's really, I got heat exhaustion two summers ago and learned the hard way that once you have it, you're prone to it. And so mm-hmm. that's of course slowed me down a lot. And Yeah. I'm My body is just like, what are you doing to me <laughs> in this heat? <laughs> so, yeah. And everybody's hooves Great. are so dry and yeah. So
0: it's, it's crazy. I mean, working outside is all fun and games until it's, you know,
1: over a hundred degrees every day.
0: Right. That's something that I didn't really realize is that I always thought I liked summer, yeah. <laughs> you know, like before I was a trimmer. I was like, oh, summer's a great season. I get a whole summer off yeah. because I'm not teaching. And now summer is like flies and uh, the heat. I get, yeah. I, I, I'm sure yeah. you guys are the same. I get so much hotter working than I do yeah. just oh, yeah. like standing around enjoying the day. Absolutely. So the owner Absolutely. can be like, you know, I can have an owner holding a horse being like, wow, it's such a gorgeous day. And I'm over yes. there like sweating buckets <laughs> Dying, in my... Right? Yes. <laughs> I
1: think we make our jobs look easy too. And not because we're like so good at them, but it's what we do every day and it's our muscle memory. So, you know, you give the client a rasp and tell them to rasp or ask them to rasp with the hundred degrees. And they're like, Oh heck no. You know, they take one swipe and they're like, I'm never doing this again, but we make it look easy to them. So I don't think they realize like how much we really are struggling. And I just don't want them to talk to me because I have no breath. Like, I'm like, I can't even, I can't <laughs> right. my breath right now talking. This is a no talking day. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. I
1: know. Yeah, the expectations of being outside every day, it's going to be lovely and glorious and the sun is going to be shining. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm like, so give me so air conditioning. Like that, yeah, seems. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's exactly. what those days when you start to dream about like the in practices where you have a climate controlled like barn. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly.
3: That's the days that I like to to trim at these you know prestige barns with fans. Yep, beautiful barn alley where. Horses are (laughs) sparkling, and it's like good good fly spray. (laughs) Right, exactly.
2: I feel like on the hot days too, the horses—it's like trimming next to a hot
1: water bottle. Oh, yeah, they just like the heat
2: coming off of them. So much, yeah. Yeah. Well, and another thing, I think that you know, I didn't really put too much thought into initially was the difference between winter and summer feet. Oh yeah, and yeah, and like I yeah. basically as as soon as like the dry weather starts, I'm just like, here comes the carpal tunnel syndrome. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Honestly, I didn't realize that at 34 years old, my body would feel like it's like 80 absolutely you know yep. that's yep. the other thing like talking yep. about carpal tunnel i absolutely deal with yep. like carpal tunnel tendinitis my lower back is like yeah. trashed and the thing is yeah. i've <laughs> sort of i don't know if you guys feel this way i sort of like kitty cornered myself into always doing this job because the the days that my back hurts is usually the days that i'm not working because i'm not yes. using it yes mm-hmm. so then it's like shoot i'm gonna have to do yeah, this until right. i die like <laughs> i have to work forever. <laughs>
2: Exactly. <laughs> I think Definitely. Something, that, something that really surprised me was um, like, I, I came from having quite serious back injuries when I was younger. And I got started in hoof trimming kind of in my early 20s. And I didn't think that I'd be able to do it. Like it wasn't actually a job that I had planned on doing. It wasn't something where I was like, I'm going to be a hoof care provider. And I'm going to I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. It was just and I think a lot of people have this yeah. They just kind of fall into it as right. kind of get started with your own horse and then it just takes takes off but I started with a bad back and so I definitely did not think that I would be able to keep doing this as a, an actual career but surprisingly my back got better from doing hoof trimming wow that's great! Yeah. so yeah. it was like I think I just built strengths that For I sure. didn't have that I needed in certain areas and Yes, of course, I have sore back days, but the severe pain that I had from my accidents and stuff like that in the, in the past actually went away. And I, I get asked all the time, oh, you must have an amazing back. And I was like, no, I <laughs> totally don't. But it's just something about doing this job has actually been therapeutic. Yeah. yeah. Wow, and I that's think awesome. yeah. um,
0: Pete Ramey has said something similar. He broke his back when he was younger, and he said that trimming has helped his back be the most comfortable it's ever been.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Great. Mm-hmm. I've already had two mm-hmm. hand surgeries. I'm actually recuperating from one right now. It's well, I had carpal tunnel release. I mean, I was to the point and I had carpal tunnel before I started trimming from being an artist and uh, fine motor detail with that stuff. But I did have carpal tunnel release because I was in so much pain once I started trimming and then carpal tunnel release, I didn't realize can lead to trigger finger. And so I had trigger middle fingers for the last couple of years and they became so painful I mean, they've been painful, but with the drought and everything, I think just with all these these harder than normal hooves, they finally just said, "Forget it." So, I had surgery at the beginning of the of last week to uh, release my trigger fingers. But who would have thought, like (laughs) all these hand surgeries? You know, it's it's really crazy and
3: Mm -hmm. and sad, sort of. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, another
2: thing (laughs) that could probably mention with the expectations is having a good body worker. (laughs) Um, yes. because I, yeah, I, I, I didn't initially, of course, I didn't have, have, you know, someone on a regular basis that I was going to see, you'd wait until you were already sore or crocked from some accident or something and you'd be like, Oh, I better go get a massage. But now it's like having good body workers that you see regularly, regardless of how you're feeling, just to keep you feeling good is an important thing to,
1: to absolutely. Do. I would not survive without my, I have multiple body workers. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Several times a month, I have body work. I That is such a great point. Yeah, who would have thought we would be relying on other people to keep us going, yeah. <laughs> keep our body <bodies> yeah. going? Is <laughs> you just can't, you can't stretch yourself the way you need to. You can't massage yourself, you know, deep enough. It's like you just mm-hmm. can't. There's just no way.
0: You have to have help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think too. Before I started. This business, right? We have our own businesses. Like before I started it, I just thought of it as like, wow, I'll get to work with horses every day. And I've always wanted to work with (laughs) horses, but it's not just like showing up and trimming and leaving. Like there are so many administrative things that, that, take up so much of my time. Like even on a quote unquote day off, I'm often like looking at my schedule, seeing how I can like mm-hmm. change my roots, working on like sending out invoices yes. for people that maybe haven't been caught up or, you know, mm-hmm. responding to emails, text messages, phone calls. And yep. the customer yeah. service side, I would say is one of the hardest things about the job for me, because I've never had yes. to do that before. It Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so
1: time consuming and demanding. And you want to, you want to reply to everybody. Like you want to put thought into it and send them, you know, the response back that you want to send. And you know what I mean? I have a second to think about it, but it's like, Oh my God. Like you look down and you've got, you know, 39, 47 text messages. It's like, Oh my God. Like when am I ever going to get to the <laughs> respond to all of these, you know? It's, it's nuts it's absolutely right alicia it's, mm-hmm. it's all the aspects of business ownership and doing what we do and um i mean i love it i wouldn't trade it for anything but yeah it's um whew, it's really taxing it's very demanding
0: yeah yeah
1: your taxes <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah doing taxes is not oh. like i mean you guys in the u.s probably have different tax systems than we do but yeah having to do your own bookkeeping and taxes and keeping track of like your records properly and knowing what you have to write off or what you can write off and like all that kind of stuff it's like stuff that I definitely did not think about before yes. I got
3: it. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. definitely.
3: Definitely. if you if you were working at, you know, some kind of other job, for example, there's mentioned teaching and all that stuff, you know, their their day off is their day day off. They don't think about work. They don't right. <laughs> anything you know that's associated with work. But in yeah. this particular business in this particular yeah. uh, profession people have to you know worry worry about taxes and collecting you know, receipts for guests, and answering mm-hmm. messages, yeah. clients. And, yeah
1: you never really get a day off in your mind <laughs> it yeah. never
3: right. ever no, stops ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
0: well
1: one thing i was thinking about the other
2: day too because like as i'm about to like downsize a little bit on, on my client list here is um how much like Responsibility you feel for all the horses that you're working on, and it's like instead yes. of just being like, "Oh, I only own one horse," it's like, "No, actually, I own horses." <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's so you're true. Thinking, mm-hmm. You're thinking about all of them and their diets and their, you know,
1: routines and how they're feeling and
2: all that kind of stuff, and that's a lot of pressure. <laughs>
1: yeah. Waking yeah. up at you know all hours of the morning, thinking about specific horses. Yes. And, oh my god, I forgot to text so and so that, or you know, I forgot to send that link. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm, yeah, just yeah. Yeah. yeah, the things that keep you up you know, at night mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> all the time
3: mm-hmm.
1: along those same lines of caring for other people's horses and not just having our own herds at home, but you know, every, every horse we work on being part of our herd, so to speak. And this is sort of a Debbie Downer moment, but when I was thinking about what I was going to, you know, what we were going to talk about on the podcast and things that didn't, that I didn't realize would be part of the job. The very first thing that came to me that I think about a lot is dealing with all of the death of horses and donkeys mm-hmm. that we take care of, And it's something that I never, ever, ever thought, you know, you just don't think about that when you come into this profession, like, like, you know, Alicia said, it's all, you know, roses and rainbows and all the horses are going to be sound and bouncing through the green pastures and life is great. And, you know, I trim their toenails and, you know, Mm la-di-da, but it's, it's all the other, yeah, all the other things behind the scenes that come with it and, and the death and the sickness and the, it, it take such a toll on us because those horses are part of us, you know, and, um, it's devastating when owners lose horses because we lose them too, as part of our lives, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. we care so deeply for all of the horses that we work on. That's, that's why we do what we do. So it's tough. I can't even imagine what vets go through, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, they see it so much more often. I, I think about it a lot. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know how they do it. So it's it's very heavy. Yes. Heavy is a good word. Yeah.
0: And honestly, like getting into a little bit of like the mental health side, I think that mm. dealing with that, like dealing with all so I've talked about this before, but I have a really high internal locus of control is like the psychological term of basically I tend to put the responsibility of things on myself a lot. So like if a horse is Mm -hmm. struggling, if a horse is lame, I tend to think like, oh, it's my job to help them. It's my job to fix them. It's my job to have the answers. And that Mm. does take like an incredible toll mentally on me and emotionally. And that's something that I would have never thought of entering this job of, of like, needing to work through a lot of those like emotional struggles, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Another, um, another part that you just don't think about. Yeah. There's man, there's a huge mental emotional side to it. Huge. Yeah. And just the exhaustion, like the sheer exhaustion yeah. that most of us face, you know, <laughs> even if our schedules get a little lighter, it's still like we're talking about it's so taxing on your body. And I mean, it's just physical labor, you know, all day long. And, um, mm. It's just, yeah, it drains you. There, there are times of the year that are worse than others, but yeah, Yeah. it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. One, one thing too, like with like, um, just putting pressure on yourself and everything is trying to keep your schedule, um, and keep horses on a on a tight Mm -hmm. schedule, and then not feeling like you can take any time off. It's like, I I constantly have people ask me, Oh, are you taking a summer vacation and all that kind of stuff? And it's like, no, because that'll totally mess up my schedule. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going
0: to the, um, PHCP conference in Denver in October. And I literally, before I even booked my flights, I was staring at my client list and I was like pretending to like put them into all these days for the next three months so I could see yeah. where they could yeah. all fit and still make that yeah. trip and I feel like yeah. that's something I would have never thought about before I would have never yeah. been like oh right. can I go on this trip it's yeah. And, yeah. and I you know I turned yeah. to my husband and I said like I have these horses and I have to see them and I like I I have to fit them in I can't just skip them I can't be like oh I'll see I can't you abandon you. them right yeah. no. like oh I'll see you in <laughs> ten weeks instead of five like it's just doesn't right. it doesn't work yeah. that way um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: man. And yeah. that's, that's sometimes when I wish that, you know, I, there, I don't have an apprentice. I know a lot of people do have like apprentices yeah. or helpers and I don't. And that's sometimes when I, sometimes when I do wish that I had somebody that I could be like, can you just cover these horses for like three yeah. days? And then I can right. go somewhere, exactly. you know? Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's the, the thing about, you know, my area. And I think the, the others mentioned that too, that in their area, there's not a lot of trimmers or people that, uh, deal with barefoot specifically you know, barefoot rehab barefoot trimming same thing in my area most of the farriers here the trimmers i mean oh whatever you want to call it farriers' trimmers most of them are either retired or they're just burnt, burnt out they don't want to do it anymore they have mm-hmm. other kids that they're yeah. dealing with and you know schedule scheduling can be uh definitely stressful and especially the the, the cases where uh, you have to be there like every four three two weeks if it's like a lane horse. And you have mm-hmm. to be there, and then someone cancels on you, and then you have a new client, and it's just piling yeah. yeah. one on top of the other, and you're like holding your head, "Oh my god, what am I gonna
1: do?" <laughs> right? Yeah. I need more time in the day.
3: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I wish it was not 24; it was 36 hours or something.
1: <laughs> right. I keep all of my horses, everybody on my schedules on a four week schedule. And, um, because I believe that that's, what's best. I'd probably trim on a shorter schedule if I could, but, um, it also gives me a little bit of leeway if like, for instance, my surgery right now that I'm recovering from, I have to take time off. Then so I'm taking this two weeks off and I can push everybody back two weeks, you know, so that they're at six weeks, which isn't ideal for me, but it is what I have to do. But it's so funny because when so many clients start with me. They're not used to the four week schedule. And so, you know, you educate them and teach them that it's, it's really best fair, you know, just better for the horse better for everybody and uh and then when you have to push them back a week or two they're the ones that are panicking and i'm panicking too Mm -hmm. but it's like we've taught them Mm -hmm. that this is the best way to do it and they've seen it you know in action and and then all of a sudden it's like what you're not coming for six weeks
0: like i did this to myself (laughs) yeah yeah. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> do you all this is like a a kind of off topic question but do you all keep the same cycle length in the winter as you do in the summer i do, I do. yes i do yeah. yes
3: I okay to, yeah Yeah. Although like, some people are like no the hooves they don't grow as much. I'm like, well, you know, it's still. It's still
0: yeah. Still, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's something that I'm trying yep. to push more for owners in my area because a lot of times, I mean, we do visually see a decrease in growth. And that's when I feel like it's the best time to get ahead of issues. Exactly. because that's exactly
1: mm-hmm. what it is. The yes. rest yeah. of the
0: year, we are yes. chasing issues or we're like trying and, to yeah. like catch our own tail. And then in the winter, yep. everything slows down. Tom's Everyone's like, right. oh, they're not even growing. Yeah. And that's when I want to make yeah. the little tweak. Like, that's when I want to do yes. it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The first question I ask any potential new client is, are you willing to do a four-week schedule? Because if they say no, then it's immediately I'm not going to work for them. And in the summer, I, I especially this year, we've had a really interesting year for weather, but I find that, you know, yeah, the horses grow so fast that, like, even at four weeks, you get you get to them and their feet are, like, ridiculously long. And yeah. then when winter comes along, it's like, oh, finally, the feet are, like, manageable. <laughs> And they're staying where you want them, and then all of a sudden summer hits, and it's like there's no way that you could do a six-week schedule. And I mean, I there's agree. also there's also some factors too. Like I mean, yes, if a horse lives, uh, you know, self trims quite well because they live in, a, in an ideal environment, you might make the odd like exception here and there, um, or do a shorter schedule if, if necessary. But I I just, to me, it just doesn't feel right to do anything longer than a four-week schedule if you can help it. So.
1: I agree. Mm-hmm. Once you're on that schedule yep. and you see it, you know, every day, it, it's really convincing too. And I can't uh, say yes. I've ever walked up to, I don't think I've ever walked up to a horse and thought, hmm, I know I haven't, this horse doesn't need a trim today, you know, have <laughs> four weeks. Like the owner might think so. The owners always think they don't need a trim, but I never walk up and go, you know what? I'm gonna skip Fluffy today because she's good. Like, there's yeah. always something that you can
2: take off. You know, right. like, this is yeah. this is something that you guys probably have heard before and can laugh at. Is um, when you go to trim a horse and someone goes, "Oh, you didn't nipper anything off." I guess that means it wasn't too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the yes. goal. <laughs> yeah, yes. <That's> the goal. <laughs> yes. I have a saying that you know, if I use my nippers, it means that the hoof overgrew, I and mean, people are like, "What?" what are you yep. talking about i'm like yeah i should come the exactly. with a rat yeah i'm right. yep. like yep. a knife just in, just in case yep.
1: should be easy peasy quick trim mm-hmm. every four weeks or however you know four weeks yes, yes for me exactly. but every four weeks i should be in and out yeah if i have to spend a, a lot of time grunt you know grunting and,
2: <laughs> and mm-hmm.
1: struggling then yeah the cycle's too long.
0: So. Yeah. yeah but, and honestly, you know. I think we're all talking about the same thing about like educating owners is such a huge part of this too. You know, telling oh, yes. them why we yes. don't want to mm-hmm. use the nippers, why we want to make yes. sure the feet are staying, you know, yeah. free yes. of distortion and that kind of thing. I mean, right. it's it's a huge part. And sometimes, I mean, I used to be a teacher and sometimes I even get like super tired and I don't want to spend 20 minutes explaining something. And we have to, mm-hmm. that's part of our job, yeah. you know. Yep.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. It is. It's very taxing, and it's you're thinking in your head, like when you
1: hear a client say they don't understand or don't know or never heard, and you're like, "You've never heard this before." <laughs> you're thinking, "Like, how long have you had horses? How do you not know this?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff that we hear and do every day, you know, is is like a foreign language to so many. So yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the education part is really fun. I of course love that because I loved being a teacher. Um, so I love educating clients, but it is draining. <laughs> it's draining. Yeah.
0: It's really draining. Yeah, yeah. especially so time consuming. Right. Especially when they have other professionals that are maybe saying something different. Yes. And that's something that I feel like I still am learning to be better at is you know, respecting other professionals, never putting down other professionals, but also yes. saying like, well, if you really want to see progress that I know can yeah. be seen, you're going to have to follow this way and you know it's it's hard. It's hard being diplomatic. So hard. Yeah, it is so hard. And it goes back to that setting boundaries and even the
1: mental health part of it because I mean how many cases have we all had where we know we can help the horse or we're pretty confident that we can help the horse. But you know, an owner or a trainer or a vet is, is basically standing in the way of that, you know, there's conflict between what the owner wants to, you know, the the route the owner wants to go whether it's with you or one of the other professionals. And it's heartbreaking to know, like, I can help this horse, especially if it's a founder, you know, just a a horrible rehab case, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I know I can help this horse. I know I can help this horse feel better, but you can't, you have to walk away a lot of times Mm -hmm. because you can't, you can't get them on board to do all of the things, you know, Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's really, really tough mentally for me anyways, you know, oh, I've, yeah, I've gotten a lot better at like, you know, getting over it faster, <laughs> but it certainly sits with you for a little while. And you think back to a lot of those horses, you know, yeah. years later.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's true. I just wanted to add a little bit about uh, educating owners. Uh, I don't know about others, but for me, the, the biggest thing that I, I wish I knew before starting out and. Healthcare, business, profession, full time was how to properly communicate with certain force owners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't expect to use my communication skills so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I had you know, better communication skills. For example, I used to overwhelm people with information. You know, some, yes. Sometimes right. people mentioned that, uh, uh, Lisa and Nicole, Alicia mentioned that uh, you would get tired. Saying all this information and educating owners, but I would get passionate about. Yeah. yeah. And I would, and I would like overwhelm the people, and I would yes get to a new client, point out all that they have to correct, like you know the diet, get a chiropractor, yeah, the yeah, doctor, the <laughs> dentist, you know, build yeah. a track system or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do it
1: all. Yeah, do it and all. Back in four weeks. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes.
3: And, and then and then yeah. people people would say, but but I just want to trim. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah yes. so
3: so i figured you know let me very
1: valid point
3: yeah. yes let me mention all these things but i'll do it slowly yeah. yeah
1: baby
2: steps baby steps you have to kind of pick the topics that you want to cover every time you, you go for a visit yeah. or something like that it's like okay yeah. this is what we're going to address this time because if, yeah sometimes yeah. if you just get on a roll and you start listing off all the things with people you can just see their their brains are like overwhelmed and then you don't think they're going to do any of them because they just can't even remember like half the stuff you just said.
0: (laughs) Right, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what I was going to say is that sometimes we have to, I mean, one thing that I, again, I didn't realize we'd have to do is being discerning in what owners can handle what information when. So Mm -hmm. meeting an owner and
1: knowing- Yeah,
0: like, okay, this owner right here really wants to help their horse, but they're at this boarding situation that might be difficult in making these changes. So let's start, you know, with one little thing that I know that they can change right now yeah. and work on that, see success with that, and then start adding on other things. And it's yeah. it's picking and choosing and also identifying what can be attainable. Because a lot of times, I mean, I think this is true of anyone. If you do something small and see success, you're more willing to do more. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's hard. And that's something where, again, like Dennis, when I first started, I was just like, Word vomiting over everyone, and I was like, yeah. "This is everything you need to know." Uh, and, then, yes. and then I would be yes. like, "Why is nobody wanting me to come back to <laughs> oh, I've,
3: I've lost, I've lost so many clients. Oh, so yeah. many clients are like, "No, I don't want, want to hear it." And then <laughs> yeah. I look back at it, I'm like, "Oh my god, I, I could to, have Like more that.
1: homework. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, on the topic of, like, hot weather and and talking to people and all that kind of stuff, it's always funny when you're, you know, in the middle of a trim and you have a passionate client who asks you a ton of questions, which is awesome and, like, the best kind, but you're, like, super hot and exhausted and trying to, Mm -hmm. like... (laughs) trying yeah. to survive. And so you're yeah. like you have to like stand up and you get a bit of a head <laughs> rush and you put your hand on the horse and you're like just give me a minute and then you answer the question and then you go back to trimming <laughs> right.
1: you're like Ooh, a little break but then you're yeah. like oh, now i gotta go back to it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that no talking thing
0: again the yeah. no talking <laughs> policy <laughs> <laughs> no talking
1: while I'm trimming. Wait to wait to answer, ask your questions till I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I know I've had
0: to get really comfortable with silence because I mean I like yeah. to, I like talking yeah. when I trim, but there are times when I'm so tired that I just can't talk. And then, you know, being in my own brain, I'm like, oh, I, d- I don't want the owner to think I'm mad at them or like something's wrong. But the yes, truth is, that's such a good point. The truth is like a lot of the clients that I work for, they say that I'm friendlier than most farriers they've met be- because I talk. Oh, yeah. And so I think right? they're um, used yeah. to just not having somebody chat Silence. with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah.
1: I think so. I agree.
3: Silence is good. <laughs>
0: It is
1: good sometimes. <laughs> absolutely, mm-hmm. a lot of the yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other thing that I know a lot of us kind of giggle about sometimes is that we have like honorary psychology degrees in this job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's, going back to you know what we were talking about a little bit ago, like feeding them the information. But there are also things that, like with certain clients, you know, you're never going to be able to tell a client or share some information with a client or whatever it might be because they're just not going to do that or. Yeah. They can't handle it like emotionally, and that sounds so crazy, but there's there there are horse owners out there there's quite a few of them that you know their their horses are their kids, which for me that's exactly how mine are but you know I, I think a lot of them live in denial almost about yeah. things that are going on with their horses and and you you know you show up and you see this clear as day founder going on, and it's like, oh my God, how am I going to relay this to this poor owner who Emotionally, I don't think can handle this information, you know, mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah, like just learning how to deal with emotionally fragile people just you know it's hard dealing with their animals and telling them that things are wrong with their animals and, mm-hmm. and that things are yeah. wrong, but you know that you're noticing yeah, things that can be problems. better and i I heard a podcast of, it's been a little while, and I should be able to quote the farrier who said it, but I can't remember who it was, and he said. We're like mechanics. We show up on the job and we tell you everything that's wrong with your vehicle. (laughs) You know, we show up and tell you everything we notice about your horse, and we don't do it in a mean or a malicious way. But it's like we're here. This is what we see. And if God forbid, I didn't tell you those things, and then something happened, like if I didn't tell you that I was, I was, you know, that that there might be some irritation and we might want to get the vet involved, and then you know, the horse founders and, you know, and, and then the client's like, why didn't you tell me? And, you know, it's like, I wouldn't be able to live with myself, you know? Mm So, but it's learning how to deal with, with fragile souls, you know, in a lot of ways when, when dealing with their beloved animals. So.
0: And along those same lines, I think some of the hardest things or some of the hardest conversations I've had is about quality of life.
3: And especially with like
0: older animals where you feel like sometimes, and, and often obviously that's not our job to, tell them to, you know, re- think about euthanasia yeah. or anything like that, but sort of opening up the idea of like, is this a good yeah. quality of life? Like, are we able right. and are we going to be able to give them a quality of life that you want them yeah. to have, which is really right. hard for people who see these animals as a part of their family, which I do too, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I notice,
2: it's, I noticed a lot of the, the hardest conversation to have with people or, are- I guess the hardest people to have that conversation with are ones that feel guilty about the situation their horse is in. Yes, um, yes. Because they don't want to give up. They don't. They feel like yeah. they need to fix it, and yeah. um, it can be something that is, you know, like you said, quality of life is is not going to be there. And so, it's really the kindest thing to do is to let this animal go. Um, and these people just don't want to give up because they just they want to fix it. They feel bad. They want to fix it, and it's like you know we yeah. have to we have yeah. to just kind of let go of our egos and let go of our plan of what we want to happen and just let them go. Yes, definitely. I
1: agree with that for sure. It's tough. It's really hard. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, ultimately, Mm -hmm. yeah, our main job might be going and working on the horse's feet, but there's so much more involved. So much more. It's so much
1: bigger than that. Working on their (laughs) feet is probably like the smallest part of it the minor part of all of it Mm -hmm. that we do honestly i I think that
2: if if someone was to say like well actually we're talking about it right now what was one thing that you know you you didn't know going into it is like the trim is like the smallest
0: aspect of your job yeah (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. like
2: you you thought going into it that you know the trim is the magical part that's going to fix everything but it's like that's like the the smallest piece of the puzzle i mean it's definitely a piece of the puzzle but Um, all the other parts of it are so much more involved and more important than just cutting some hoof off.
0: Right. (laughs) I've thought about that a lot,
1: you know, over the last few months, just with, with, you know, coming out of spring and founder season, and we're still kind of in it with this heat and the drought and Mm -hmm. just, it's just really crazy. But I've, I kind of had this like visual pie chart in my head of, and I know Pete has always said this and, and I remember, I mean, I can hear him saying it in my voice, but owner compliance, Owner compliance, owner compliance, Mm -hmm. owner compliance. And it's like my visual pie chart is like, we're like the 2%. Actually, everything is like the 2%. Us, the vets, the trainers, everybody that's involved with the horse. And then you've got like 98% of the pie that's owner compliance. And Mm -hmm. if you can't get them on board to do what needs to be done for the horse, there's there's just not a lot we can do. And I find myself the longer I do this walking away from those clients because I can't emotionally keep putting myself in that situation. It's too hard on me and it's, I just can't do it. And I want to be there for the horse, but it's like, if I'm, I'm the only one, or I'm a group of, you know, the, the small group of vets, trainers, whatever, who are supporting this horse and the owner's not doing what they need to do to actually help the horse, then. There's absolutely nothing I can do, and no. and I have to save myself <laughs> and my emotions, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's yeah. tough, yeah. really tough.
3: It's difficult sometimes saying no because you get emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> the horses that are neglected with horrible overgrown yeah. Feet, yeah. but right. you know some some of them are dangerous to to yeah. trim, and right. uh, the the owner is non-compliant. But you you still you know you want to help that horse, and that's that's the the tough part <laughs> dealing Absolutely, I guess with, yeah. your, with your own emotions saying yes oh. so, yeah it's
2: yeah really, it's I've really even hard. had to be in situations where you have to like call animal control because it's like you yeah. don't you don't want to work for them but you also don't mm-hmm. want the animals to suffer so it's like right you gotta you gotta yeah. do something and it's like that's pretty
1: yeah. much the only thing you can do right right and, and yeah wish them well and wish the horse yeah. well the animals well and and move on. And it's so unfortunate and it is so hard every time, but yeah, yeah we have to yeah. take care of ourselves first, which yeah. is really hard. We're not good at that. Most mm-hmm. <laughs> of
0: us aren't anyways. We're always getting better, but right. Yeah. And I, I know we've spent a lot of time sort of like naming all the bad things about the job or the things that we didn't expect <laughs> that aren't that great, but maybe we could mention some of the stuff that we really enjoy about it. Cause obviously there's, we wouldn't do this job if we didn't love it, you know? Right. Um, yes. Yeah. Most so if definitely. you guys have anything that you really love about, you know, working in hoof care,
3: Oh, yeah. I never knew that I would be so excited to take pictures of the rehab process. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a a photographer now. (laughs) It's it's so satisfying to see it. it Some people are weirded out when when, when they see me. (laughs) Like, so satisfied (laughs) with with the process. But it's rewarding at the end of the day. It is. Sit back and enjoy your work and doing the thing that you love. (laughs)
1: It's an important yeah. accountability piece, too, for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to be able to—I take pictures of just about every hoof I trim every time, just about every time, except for in this heat. So it's just too hot. But looking back something, because, you know, as an artist, I can say when you look at something in real life in the three-dimensional form— Versus looking at a picture that's two-dimensional shape, you see very different things. And I love having the pictures just for that because I there are things that I will not see in mm-hmm. real life that I'll see in mm-hmm. pictures. And so, yeah. but I like to have the visual documentation just to make sure that, you know, I'm doing what I can for the horse as much as I can for the horse. Um, you know, if there are changes and I used to not take pictures of the good hooves, the quote unquote, good, healthy yeah. hooves mm-hmm. until I had a few go south. You know, they would, you know, come down with cushings and their husband fall apart. You know, something would happen and I go, man, I really wish I had pictures from the beginning. So now I just take pictures of all of them because it's, it's really important for me to be sure that and I do. I look at them all the time to be sure that the horses are progressing or if they're at a place where they just need to maintain that they're maintaining, you know, and yeah, not going I backwards. Think, yeah.
2: I think that uh, if someone ever stole my cell phone, they would think I had a hoof
1: fetish.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> <Right? laughs> yeah.
1: They would be very disappointed in what they're <laughs> I think I have 107,000 pictures now and most of them are <laughs> Same <laughs> the here. Yeah. My,
3: my phone storage is just blowing up. from Yeah. <laughs> <No. laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly one thing that i didn't really expect from the customers was the, the generosity of people
0: yeah and yes,
2: like yeah. i've had well one specific thing which i what blew me away is when i first got into hoof trimming and you know there, it, it was right, right at the time when like pete was just kind of getting big and, and touring around and doing cl- clinics and stuff like that and um i really wanted to go to one and one of my clients actually paid for me to do that Oh um, wow! Awesome. Yeah, yeah, they they That's knew awesome. that we were you know it was barefoot was just getting big uh, in our area anyways, and um, they really wanted to have more educated people in our area, and so they they actually um, paid for me well paid for the entrance for me to go to one of Pete's clinics down in Oregon. That's so awesome! So yeah, and, so- and I mean. I would, Little things too. Like I have clients that'll like pack me a lunch or something like yes, that. Yes. Like, yeah.
3: It's like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah.
1: It's, yeah. It's so awesome. And, and you know, we talked a little, a little bit about doom and gloom with clients, but I mean, of course, one of the best parts of this job is all the clients, you know, the, mm-hmm. the friends and family that we've gained, you know, mm-hmm. um, doing this job. And like you said, the ones that take such great care of us and, and worry about us and, you know, check in on us and just, you know, I, I have one dear client who, you know, has texted me quite often, like I'm thinking about you in this heat, you know, (laughs) just randomly and it makes me smile. So it's, it's really awesome to have such a, um, a supportive, um, client base. And Mm -hmm. it's cool that, We get to see them every month or, you know, six, seven weeks, however long your schedules are. But I get to see everybody once a month. Like, that's awesome. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's
0: cool. (laughs) Yeah. And one of my favorite things is showing up to a client and realizing that they implemented something like a suggestion that I had. And it's just like this this feeling of like, wow, they like trusted me. They took my advice or like coming to a new client and having them be like 100% all in on board with. Yes. you know, whatever needs to get done to yep. make that horse better. Like that just gives oh, me so much yeah. joy. Like those are the clients yeah. that I like, yeah. look forward to going to and it makes my day. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 The oh, ones are God. like,
1: just send me the link. I'll buy it. I'll do it. Do what I need
3: to do. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <it's laughs> yeah. I had a client that I mentioned the diet and they're like, Oh, what, what is a good diet? Well, I said, well, I, I recommend Forge. They're like, okay, just send me the link. Well, I'm, I sent her the link. I'm like, okay. Well, if she buys it. That's good. She doesn't. Well, we'll talk about it maybe later. Come over the next month, she's like, oh, yeah, I switched all 25 courses on Timothy Pellets. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs>
1: awesome. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> right? I know. There are some very unsuspecting clients, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You think that they're not going to, you know, listen to anything that you have to say. And then they start implementing stuff and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah.
2: This is yeah. cool. Yeah. I think too, it's, it's really rewarding when you have a suggestion and the client implements it and it works really well for them. And yeah. just seeing how, you know, the, some of the simple changes and seeing how impressed they are by the, what the, those simple changes, how it's helped their horses feet or whatever, yes. even yes. the overall health of the horse and how happy they are about that. And that's also very rewarding. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Yep yeah cool that's
0: true awesome well we're getting closer to the one hour mark so i think we can we can start wrapping up and i don't know if anybody had anything else to add before we you know ended for the day or if you had any last minute advice for people who are looking to get into this profession um or you know any any funny (laughs) stories you wanted to share i definitely think that there's some
2: like little tidbits that we didn't really get into that would be kind of funny. Um, like just small things like having leather seats versus a cloth interior in your car. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: <laughs> and making sure that you don't wear your regular shoes because your shoes are going to smell terrible at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> I shouldn't say funny things because there's just a lot of little things that you didn't really think about when you first got into it. But yeah, planning bathroom breaks are like, you know where your gas stations are going to be, or the snacks and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> sharp tools,
1: yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. How to sharpen your tools but, and keep them yes. sharp? Oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. To not break your body down, yeah, yeah. And and the
2: fact that like you can still take your knuckles off through your gloves. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh,
3: right. Isn't that the
1: craziest thing? Like your <laughs> gloves, like not even <laughs> even like damaged, and you're bleeding. <laughs> yes, I don't <gotta> understand it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm wearing, I'm wearing three gloves. on. It's like a layer of three gloves. <laughs> and still, my knuckles are bloody. Why? <laughs> exactly. Why? <laughs> How is this possible?
1: Nicole, <laughs> you, you mentioned like stopping, like knowing where your gas stations are to stop. And yeah. I know Alicia has, has alluded <laughs> to this too, but um, I was, I just giggled because I'm like in Texas, our bathrooms are so far apart, like our gas stations. So I've become like a pro at <laughs> Pulling over on the side of the road and getting it done and getting right back in the truck. <laughs> so, yeah. Who would have thought? I, I always say like I'm feral.
2: On part I always, <laughs> take, always, take advantage, like always take advantage of the clients that have bathrooms. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. definitely. Honestly, they <laughs> don't have bathrooms. But...
0: It's funny yeah. because in teaching, I thought the bathroom breaks were bad. Like I was like, I don't yeah. have any time to go to the bathroom. And okay. then now I'm trimming and there'll be days when yeah. I have 12 hours and I do not see a bathroom, yeah. you know?
3: Yeah. Mm.
0: and you're like i'll just trim one more horse and then i'll go and then you forget mm.
1: <laughs> And then it's like three hours later and you're like oh yeah i guess i need to do that
3: yeah <laughs> you have to drink water because <laughs> oh you'll, yeah you'll dry out <laughs> lots of
1: water i started carrying a gallon jug around with me that's with a straw mm-hmm. in it that's the only way i get enough water in because if i carry when i carried a smaller jug i wouldn't fill it up enough like i had my my water cooler in my truck to, to keep it fill, full, but I would do the same thing. Like, Oh, I'll just do one more horse and then I'll fill it up and I would never stop to fill it up. So I was getting so dehydrated and not drinking enough. So now I just, I actually, on these days, I carry two gallon jugs Arctic gallon jugs that are full at the beginning of the day with ice. And, uh, that way I know then I'm going to get all I need. Well, um, at least most of what I need in during the day, it's so hot. It's hard to keep up right now, but yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: I just carry a huge pack of water maybe yeah two. just in case yeah. you know in my truck right. in my truck I have a big truck why
2: not <laughs> yeah exactly load I it up one <laughs> thing one thing that I wish that I had known well I mean it seems like totally common sense but um don't trim a horse near an electric fence
0: oh. um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: definitely just okay. always look, well, always watching your surroundings but yeah yes. electric fence a guitar or yeah, the horse I've, one I've had been. I've had two instances
2: where I've Thankfully not gotten seriously injured, but um, I had one where a, a person was trimming a young nervous horse and the, a person leaned between the fence to pet the horse while I was trimming it and then zapped the horse while I was trimming wow. it. Oh gosh! Ooh, so wow. was, it wasn't even. It wasn't even that we were too close to the electric fence. It was just, you know, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Watch yeah. out for those
1: electric fences. Yeah, <laughs> I have
3: to watch these, out
1: for every everything around you at all times. People, yes. animals, everything. Everything yes. poses a threat, a danger. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yes. I think in the electric fence case, uh, in these situations, you have to have good shoe protection, and I and I think someone mentioned that. Good shoes. <laughs> I, yeah. I wear steel toes because I know yes. people are, like, against them. I don't know why they were against them. They think that they'll crush their your toes. They save me like hundreds of times.
1: Right? I know. Yeah. I feel like mine have too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: I certainly don't go to work without them. Except I somehow um, get the horses that will step right behind this. the oh, yeah. Yeah. steel toe. Right. Yeah. Like... Yeah. They
1: find like your pinky toe right on the edge. I don't know. That's <laughs> like not covered.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: One more quick thing is uh, put sunscreen on your lower back. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. You end up with almost like a permanent tramp stamp. Uh, <laughs> I nice. yeah. certainly
1: never expected the tan lines that I have. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely ridiculous. I was wearing shorts the other day at I went to visit a client and she said, Oh my God, I've never seen you without leggings on. I've never seen your <laughs> legs. I said, yeah, they're like white and blinding. Aren't they? Like <laughs> <Yeah. it's> pathetic.
0: <laughs> really
3: pathetic. I have a, I have a funny story. If we still have time. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I started working with my, my brother, Andy, and uh so I you know, I I prepped him. I'm like, Okay, wear steel toes, uh, wear gloves, I got you the rasp, I got you the nippers. He's like, Okay, I'm ready. So he's his first client and uh we arrived there, the guy's like one hour late and uh, the, he has three donkeys, hooves are overgrown it's like a elf hose. they're oh, they're curling. Yeah. Like, what did yeah. I get into? And, and I'm like, Okay you work. Are you wearing your steel toes? He's like, yeah, yeah, I am. So I'm like, okay, you can hold the donkey. The donkey just steps on right in the in Aww. the middle behind the steel toe. He's like, oh my god, Dennis, I thought you, I thought you said the steel toe, we'll He's like, no, you didn't expect it.
1: Yeah, It depends on where they step.
3: Yeah,
2: and also the the smell of abscesses.
3: Ugh. Oh, yes. it smells as, it's crazy.
2: Yeah. And the fact that you can't get that smell off your hands
3: no.
1: afterwards, it's like, <laughs> nope. it just nope. permeates and like how bad your car is going to smell later. Oh yeah. Oh, and my car, my poor truck is like yeah. just a dump zone. Like it's my office, but my office yeah. is like, dealing, yeah, I deal with horses all day. Like, it's like, there's just yeah. no way to keep it clean. It's horrible. And it's such a source of frustration, but as soon as I clean it, it's dirty again. So why bother mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Yeah, I carry like um, the the wipes that you buy at dollar stores. They're like very, very, very on handy to to have them in your car. Yeah, you like, mm-hmm. short sleeves yes. and your hands are all dirty and muddy. You can just yes. Off. I so go through a lot
2: of tan wet tan, wipes. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> half the time I think I
2: have a tan, but I don't.
1: It's just dirt. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, I the other day or yesterday actually, when I got home. I I, you can't always see like the backside of your arm, right? And the side that like constantly (laughs) hits the horses because you're like rubbing up against the horse and so my husband's yeah. like what the heck is wrong with your arm and it's like black <laughs> like my arm was like black on that side yeah. and i was just like oh my gosh yeah I'm, I'm about to get in the shower don't worry oh. especially like fly spray season
1: because then it's like oily or greasy too so it's like yeah. everything's just like stuck to mm-hmm. your arms yeah where's yeah. the yeah. hose before i leave
3: yeah <laughs> right. and, you know, fly spray don't you love it when you're under the force and oh let me start, let, yeah. let me, start spraying
1: yeah. let me get that
3: fly over sorry
1: there. saw a fly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. right like, well <laughs> let me take a few steps away
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, sorry, to, answer,
2: to answer your question alicia because i think we all kind of just kept going on a tangent but but i think that the number one thing that i kind of learned over the years was and wish that i had known was just about setting boundaries um yeah you know yeah. it's it's having, you know, kind of an ideal client in mind or like what you would want, how, how you'd want people to be and just kind of trying to stick with that because you're going to just burn out with trying to chase clients on schedules or diet or any of those kinds of things. And you're mentally and physically not going to be able to keep up with what you want.
1: I think we should probably all agree that from the moment somebody texts you, a potential client texts you or leaves you a message or whatever the case may be, or you meet them in person. You feel that person and you yeah. either get a good vibe or a not so good vibe yeah. or a, eh, you know, I don't know about this one. And mm-hmm. I think a, an important um, piece of advice is to listen to your gut <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> from day yeah. one, because I, I, I don't know that I have a single you know one that gave me a bad vibe from the beginning that has turned out. be anything but that, you know, and, and so Mm -hmm. I, I I really, yeah, I really listen to my gut, um, on these things now (laughs) on new clients. And I, I just really try to follow that because I feel like even if I go try to help, it's probably not going to end, you know, I'm not, I'm probably not going to end up with a lifelong client and, and, you know, that's, yeah. one
0: (laughs) One of my clients said something the last time I went that really stuck with me. She said, my intuition has never failed me, but I have failed my intuition. Oh, that's a good line. And she was saying, like, if you feel something, like, it's probably how it is. And if you ignore that, you're, you're failing your gut feeling. You know what I mean? Like, you're absolutely, yeah. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, just about, like, keeping yourself safe about the, you know, the, the horses that you're working on, like, anything like that. Yeah. And I, have, I can't say
1: I've ever looked back and thought, man, I really miss that client or, you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah. you, It's like you, And it, that sounds so horrible, but it's like you, you break ties with them for a reason, you know, like there's yeah. whether it's a safety issue or personality, whatever. And, and we're not going to get along with everybody on the universe and we're not going to have the same, you know, opinions and vibes as everybody. So you have to find your people in this profession, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's, or whatever it is, trainers, you work with, whoever it is, you have to find your people. And so, but I've never looked back and gone, man, I really wish that I wouldn't have left them or, you know, there there's, there's a reason for everything. And, and I haven't regretted any reasons that I can think of. So just listen to your gut. That's a huge, huge, huge one. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Yeah.
0: The only time I think I've regretted referring a client away is when I've narrowed my range and been like, man, I really, there's still some clients that I miss like South of Mm -hmm. Boston that I'm like, man, those are like my ideal clients, but it was just getting way too far for how many horses that I see. Um, Definitely. But yeah, Yeah, when it comes to, when it comes to other things, I agree. (laughs) Like when they, when they need to go. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And I also think that you know, as a beginner, you don't know what to look for. You know, you don't know what red flags to look for. So, a good idea is to ask. You know, ask an experienced person. You know, who who knows what he's doing. Ask them. You know, what what are what should you look for in a client? You know, what's a red flag from from the first you know text? Uh, And then I think it'll it'll get better, and you'll learn. You'll learn to trust your gut and identify these. Situations yourself,
1: yeah, ahead of time. And just because Mm -hmm. they're not a good fit for you doesn't mean that they're not a great fit for another Mm farrier, trimmer, and Mm -hmm. maybe even somebody you know. You know, it's just you know, personalities, lifestyle, everything. It's just finding finding a good fit for you and for the owner and for the horse. You know, so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just taking
2: care of yourself, like putting your yourself kind of first in terms of. I mean, I know you want the horses first, but um, just like your physical, your mental, um, and I mean, you want to be able to be there for as many horses as possible. So if you're putting your all your physical mental effort into like one client or you're dealing with a really dangerous horse or something and you get hurt, then you can't be there for the rest of your clients. So you I, have to kind of prioritize, you know, yourself and your physical and mental health. And like I said, with boundaries saying no, having, you know, your schedule on something that's manageable for you, um, because otherwise, you know, you can't be there for everybody. Yeah. And trusting your
1: gut, too, when you're in the middle of trimming horses, donkeys, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, when your gut tells you, like, don't do that, you shouldn't do that, (laughs) really listening to that and just walking away, Mm -hmm. stepping away. And that's really hard because we want to help them. We're there. You know, we know we can do it if we can just do this or whatever the case may be. But yeah, listening to your gut on that, too.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in addition to Nicole's and Lisa's comment about there's a certain... There's, uh, I remember Daisy Bicking, even I think it was her podcast or her webinar. She said, There's a certain um, amount of forces that your body can withstand, so might as well make it worthwhile, you know, Mm -hmm. by identifying everything, these red flags.
0: Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I think we could probably talk forever because when you get a bunch of (laughs) healthcare providers together, it's like, It's so great because we spend so much time solo, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I really appreciate you all being willing to do this and chat with me. And I'm hoping to have, you know, kind of a candid talk podcast um, every few episodes so that you know, it's, I think it's, it's nice to hear real life stories and how it is in the mm-hmm. field. Um, yes. It makes us almost feel less alone sometimes. <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say, yeah, we don't feel so alone. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, again, cool. well, you know, thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, so I hope you all have a great rest of your day and that you only have the best clients this week um, <laughs> and we can catch up soon. <laughs> sounds good thanks, Alicia. thanks. Bye, bye guys Bye-bye. bye I always say that I'm slightly more hoof obsessed than the average person and chances are if you're listening to a hoof care podcast you are too so we should probably be friends feel free to find me on Facebook or email me at the humble hoof at gmail.com